Hi guys, welcome back once again to Somewhere in Horror. As always, I am your host, Justin, and today we're going to be talking about the Crypt TV release, uh, the RLJE film's release of um, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, starring Leia DeLeon Hayes, which she is a um, up-and-coming actress. She has done... Uh, she was one of the giants in God of War Ragnarok, also starring Denzel Whitaker, who is most known by me uh, for my soul to take. He's been in a few films like No Escape and even Abduction with uh, Taylor Lautner. And then Chad Coleman, who was Tyrese from The Walking Dead, um, which he was my favorite character. And finally, the monster of the film is Edom Atsu Swanzi, who has been in quite a few movies. Um, not big, notable movies, but these are going to be the, like, this is probably most of their, like, big breakthrough films, except for Chad Coleman. Um, and this is going to be one of those films that's going to, I feel like it's going to bring people up and lift people up higher than uh, they currently, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I've had a long week, so bear with me, guys. Um, so with this film, I will be talking about the synopsis and then I will give you a little bit more in-depth of what this film is about. And finally, I will be telling you my thoughts. So Vicaria is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured. After the brutal murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. Uh, the film starts with Vicaria giving a, a monologue about how death is a disease, how it took not only her mother, but now her brother, and soon it's going to take her father because her father is suffering from a drug addiction and extreme grief after the loss of both uh, her mother and his his son, Chris. Um, so she immediately is going through it and like she can't accept death as just the only way she is surrounded constantly by people dying on the streets whether it be through drugs or whether it be through the gang culture within her neighborhood um, it's a very intimate look at just a single neighborhood there's not really much running around anywhere else there's one scene where she's at school and then the only other set piece outside of her neighborhood is an abandoned warehouse where she does all of her science experiments and her tests to try and bring back Chris. Um, she immediately takes his body after he dies and starts beginning her tests. Um, but she is slowly but surely taking all these different people who are dying and they, it's only slightly mentioned, and she ne it's never shown what she does with these bodies, but she has been taking bodies for <clears throat> a while, 
because every time someone dies and she is on the scene, she just grabs them and takes them. So, yeah, she is very intelligent. Uh, the tropic, creepy little girl from next door, kind of poltergeist-esque, um, they're here kind of character, um, tests her on her periodic tables and asks her a lot of science questions because Vicaria is extremely intelligent. She's even known by this little, uh, next door neighbor girl as the mad scientist and, uh, kind of called it by everyone in the streets because it's becoming a common name to call her. Um, in school, she winds up getting, uh, I believe it's a suspension, but she stands out and disagrees with her teacher about cancer being, um, what Vicaria says is a symptom of death versus cancer being its own separate entity that will cause death. Um, and the teacher is racist. Um, it's, it's shown very simply by miscalling or mispronunciating her name by, uh, calling her Vicaria and then saying, you know what, since you corrected me and, uh, it's such a hard name, I'm just going to call you Vicky. Um, and she stands up for herself and she says, well, I'm going to call you Miss Bitch then. Um, which she winds up getting security and security winds up pinning her down. Her father comes in and winds up um, bringing her like in and talking to this teacher. And the teacher is trying to say, hey, like this, this child is so disruptive and just in the wrong and the the father winds up saying, no, you're, you're in the wrong. You're the one that's calling the cops on my daughter. And she even refers to one of the teachers by the wrong name, like wrong pronunciation of the name. She calls Miss Padilla, Miss Padilla, um, which it's, it's a terrible, like, I hate when people mispronunciate names and don't care to try and fix that about themselves. Um, but the the father stands up for her, which is amazing to see. And yeah, um, she's faced a lot of adversity. Um, so I can get the character being so defiant of death. Now, the monster creation is shown very subtly. It shows her picking apart and putting back her brother uh, in just a couple, like one scene, maybe two scenes. Um, long drawn out, let me pull this out of him and giggle while I'm doing it. Let me put this on him and giggle while I'm doing it. And then she brings him back, um, with her machine that she hooks up to the power, uh, the generator of the neighborhood. And when he comes back, of course, he's confused like normal, but he also winds up, um, being very aggressive uh, there's multiple times where he almost kills people and the big starting issue is 
not that he's alive, but he winds up nearly killing one of uh, the local gang members while she's taking drugs out of the car and winds up taking them. But she, he winds up hospitalizing this, this gangster and it causes a lot of problems with her. And in the, the scuffle of it all, he winds up disappearing and not like being lost to her. Um, but you see her struggle with having to deal with the gang's like leader who is now like, well, you owe me by now you have to start helping me produce drugs and doing your little tests in my science lab. Um, and if my boy dies, I'm going to kill you myself. Um, which again, it's not really, it's not really fully like about that. It's more that she put him at risk and she's not letting her, um, brother get caught. Um, and again, later on in the story, her brother runs into the little girl. The little girl is happy and knows who he is and teaches him how to do like how to speak and teaches him the alphabet and is teaching him basically what it is to be human, but only slightly. It's very, she's very creepy in this film, uh, the little girl. And yeah, the, the film goes on very much like Frankenstein does. There's the same kind of misunderstanding of the monster and the same, uh, what winds up being kind of a local witch hunt for this monster. And there is death. The deaths are pretty brutal um, because it's not just death by strangulation. It is death by caving guys' heads in. Um, he kills a cop and it's pretty, it's pretty graphic what they show. And it shows like the cop struggling to breathe as he is dying um, because of his injuries. And it all leads up to what you guys think it would. Um, except I will say the ending of this film is very positive and actually very wholesome. I did not expect to have as strong of feelings as I did going into this movie. I thought, oh, they're going to just make it a gory good time and not, oh, they're going to tell a story about real struggle. Um, because a lot of Frankenstein movies do that. I love Frankenstein as a story, as a whole. I have a tattoo of him on my arm. I have been in a Frankenstein musical. I was Frankenstein's monster um, for said musical. I have the collector's edition of the original Universal. I have the remake with Robert De Niro. I love Frankenstein. Um, so this, this was a pleasant surprise to know that it's not just the modern, oh, because he's a monster, he's just plain old going to be a monster. He, they actually were loyal to the story and source material, and they gave him emotions that he had struggles with and tried fighting back on more than the fact that he himself was just, oh, I'm a scary monster and now I want to kill people because I got brought back to life, which tends to be the modern trend. Um, 
So that was a very pleasant surprise. Um, the story's end is very wholesome, and I felt more than I thought I would. Um, but, yeah, the pacing is really fast. Um, I would say it could be a little bit more... It could have been a little bit more uh, positive to add to the story. I understand budget concerns are probably a thing, and I also understand that major cuts happen by the studio, but it wouldn't hurt to add maybe another 10, 15 minutes of the monster and or of Vicaria creating the monster. Um, all around, I will say it is worth the watch. Um, I'm not sure if I'd purchase it, but I will watch it several times before I stop watching it. And I will definitely recommend it to people. I will give it a 3.5, mostly because of pacing um, and a little bit of like a absence of the monster uh, being the major detriments. Um, but overall, it is a fantastic movie, and I do recommend it to anyone who is into Frankenstein. Um, yeah, so next week, I might be doing a double feature. I still haven't seen it, but I am trying to go to the see The Exorcist this week, and then I saw Saw X this week. So I'll talk about those two, and then I'm going through the, probably doing another double feature next week, and talking about uh, VHS 85, as well as um, probably Pet Cemetery. Uh, there's a lot of films that just came out this week that are horror, and it's pretty pretty great time to be here. So yeah, I'll let you guys in on that, and then... I'll probably, either the week before the end of October or just the week of Halloween, I will be talking about the films that I watched and always watch as a traditional sense for Halloween. Because, um, you know what, like, just because it's not Halloween doesn't mean you can't watch a good scary movie and make it a marathon and still have the same spooky vibes in November as you did in October. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Um, stay tuned. Follow me on somewhere in horror underscore podcast um, on Instagram. I have a link tree there, which has my Goodreads, my Letterboxd, and I think the links to my other, like, to my podcasts. Um, so follow that and I hope to hear from you guys, message me, talk to me, respond to my Instagram posts. If you want, I am willing and able to listen and to respond to basically anyone, as long as they're not trying to make me buy something. Um, for the most part, I'm, I'm saving money, so if you're one of those people, just don't try. But otherwise, if you want me to read something, if you want me to go watch something, I'm mostly game. Um, I will say one thing, though, is 
anyone that watches the iceberg is a psychopath. And I'm not trying to go down the uh, horror iceberg. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say. Um, I hope you all have a great day. Talk to you all later. And thank you for listening. Bye.